Can we say praise the Lord? All right, man. God is good, isn't he? And all the time, God is good. I'm glad you all are here on this Christmas Eve morning, such a special morning and a special day. How many are ready for Christmas tomorrow? Are you looking forward to it? All right, dude, they are excited. Yes. Oh, man, that's awesome. Hey, if, if you've got a Bible, go to Isaiah chapter 9 once again in your Bibles, or your Bible apps, and again, it's a, a Merry Christmas Eve to all of you. What, a, what an amazing candlelight service we had Friday night, wasn't it? Wasn't it beautiful? Oh, my goodness. I think they, uh, they captured a screenshot that was really cool. Check this thing out right here. Okay. Anyway, I, I wanted to, well, that we had, it was really cool. I think they took it off there. There it is. No, that's not it. What? Dude, I mean, that's really cool. There, there we go. No, no, go back to the first one. I like that one better. Just kidding. No, it was so beautiful, but I just, I wanted to thank everyone. There's quite a few that showed up to help, you know, set up, and, and Jack and Karen Peterson, I don't see them here this morning, but I just want to brag on them a little bit on Wednesday because of that service. They came and, and, and literally cleaned every single seat. They spent all day cleaned every seat, and we had you know, some, some, some Oso students and, and Oso kids and adults that came and put all those batteries in the candlelights and ran and put all the luminarias out there. And then, you know, uh, the Stubbs and the Harris family helped us tear everything down that night, staying late. Just wanted to appreciate that. And look, Caleb's so tired from setting up. He's still yawning. It was so late last night. Or our tearing down, it's awesome. Um, and then, but even, I, I want to give a huge shout out. While everybody was in here enjoying the the, the peaceful moments, Gina Banta was watching our kids in the back, and I just wanted to say a personal thank you for sacrificing your time to, to be able to just to minister to our kids in the back. Thank you, Gina. Thank you very much. All right. Let's get to God's word this morning. Amen? You know, we have two painters up here painting about the, the topic in the name of Christ this morning. Yeah. Can you give them a hand as they, of course, Gloria Harris, you know, and, and then we have a new painter Kiera McCoy this morning with us. So yeah, so we're very, very, very excited. How many were out in the old holiday hustle and bustle yesterday? Anybody? Only two people? Three? Four? Well, I was out there in it, all right? All day long. And trust me, it was a war zone. It was crazy. Oh my goodness. And I finally... It, yeah, okay. and, and last, last night at about 11.48 p.m. at the back of Target, I ran into a wonderful Karen. Yeah, dude, it was awesome, man. I mean, the store is just about to close, and this lady, wait a minute, make sure she's not visiting for the first time this morning. No, just kidding. Um, she was berating this lady who had been working all day, you know, and I just went, I looked at the, the, the sadness in this lady's eyes, like, I just want to get out of here, and that, she had left to another aisle, and I just went, what was that all about? Well, she went to another aisle, and she heard me say that, and then she just starts, whoa, oh my goodness, and I was like, you know, it's like, Please, lady. I said, she's, I, I basically, she's been working all day long, you know, and she didn't have none of that. So anyway, that lady was yapping at me all the way out of the store. But anyway, it was crazy, all right? I, there were moments yesterday, if you were out there, you would notice looking around, people everywhere, empty shelves, long, long checkout lines. 
It makes you just want to be out there, stand right in the middle, raise your hands and yell, serenity now! If you know, if you know, you know, all right? You want to yell, can we just get a little peace in this place? Well, often we look around the world that we're living in and we want to yell the same type of thing. It's all so busy, right? It's all so fast anymore. And on top of all of that, there's so much strife and division. It seems like it's person against person. Ideology against ideology, right? And we see people warring within themselves, trying to find peace in their hearts, peace in their minds, trying to find peace in their souls. But they are literally ruining themselves trying to find that peace because they're trying to find it in worldly ways, in culturally trendy ways, ways that are of man, not of God. They're trying to find it in substance, in a certain lifestyle, in a certain vein of living. So what I'm talking about this morning, and Tegan, if you want to come on up, speaks to all of this. The topic that we're talking about, the name of Christ, speaks to all of this. And Tegan wanted to participate in this morning's service, and so I, I'm having her read. It's not our text, but she's going to read a portion of the gospel story that speaks to this as well. Do you want to set it up here? This is my daughter, Tegan Isaacs. So go ahead. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, say it with me, peace. Say it with me again, peace among those with whom he is pleased. The prophet Isaiah writes, and we've read this scripture now, this will be the third week as this is our text and we'll continue it into next Sunday too. Isaiah chapter nine, verse six through seven. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called, say these with me, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there'll be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom. On the throne of David and of his kingdom. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. We've been unpacking these names of Jesus during this Christmas season. And this has fallen into our series, Hello, My Name is God. We started with Emmanuel, God with us. We talked about Jesus being our wonderful counselor. We, we talked about him being, all my, you know, being mighty God or El Gibor in the Hebrew. 
Everlasting Father is next on the prophet's list of names, but we're going to skip that and do that at the very last service and the last day of the year 2023, the last Sunday of the year, the last day of the year. And today on Christmas Eve, I want to talk about Jesus being the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Peace. I I mentioned quite a few times how, how Jesus was born a human child. He was born in the flesh, just like you and me. That's the humanity of Jesus. And he was given to all the world as an eternal divine son. For to us, a, a child is born. To us, a son, eternal divine son, is given. You see, Jesus was already divine. He was God when he was born. He didn't have to become that when he grew up and as he grew up and as he grew up, he didn't have to achieve that. He didn't have to achieve Godhead or divine status. He didn't have to ascend to that level or, or as any gamer would say, he didn't have to level up. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was divine already. And so he was born as a human child. He was both human and divine in one body. And so we see that upon being born, Jesus is a king and a prince. He's a king and a prince. Revelation 19, 19 and Revelation 17, 14 tells us triumphantly that Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the king of kings. And the Lord of Lords. Yet here we see him called the Prince of Peace by the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. The Prince of Peace. There was a king in Israel's history that's considered the best human king that they ever had. King David was his name. How many have heard of his name before? I know you all have, right, okay. His rule was great. The nation really prospered under King David's rule. He even expanded the city of Jerusalem. The reign of David was a great time in Israel's history. And David, as a king, he loved the Lord so much. He was a worshiper. He worshiped God. He loved to worship the Lord. God said that David had a heart after him, okay? He loved the Lord so much that he wanted to build God a temple, a place of worship to the Lord. But if you're a student of the Old Testament, of the Bible, and you know this story, you'll know that God didn't allow David to build him a temple. David was like, God, I want to build you a temple, an awesome place of worship where you can reign, where you can be and we can worship you. And God's like, uh-uh, you're not going to build me a temple Because you are a man of war. You're a man of war. But instead, God told him that his son Solomon would be the one to build a temple for the Lord. Because Solomon, his son, the prince to the throne, was a man of peace. We see Nathan, the prophet of God, telling all of this to King David in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 13. And in verse 16... We see God promise David that his lineage will last forever and that his throne will be forever. Listen to these scriptures. They're not listed in your creek notes. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 13 and 16. 
He, this is talking about Prince Solomon, David's son, shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Then he makes it personal to David. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. This was both a promise and a prophecy to King David and all the Israelites. So for a long time, that's for the benefit of the Oso kids, okay? All right, <laughs> and you adults too. No, just kidding. For a long, long, long time, hundreds of years, the Israelites were looking for a promised and prophesied Messiah that was from King David's line, a prince from King David, so to speak. David's son, history shows, Prince Solomon did become king and he did build the temple of the Lord but in time he fell and Solomon fell hard. There was a promise and a prophesied prince, in quotes, of King David from David's lineage that would not fall, that would not fail, but would come and occupy and sit on David's throne and establish his kingdom and his government of peace. You see, the Messiah is a shoot from the roots of King David's dynasty. The Messiah is a, a shoot springing up from the roots of King David's dynasty. The prophet Isaiah, he prophesies this in Isaiah 11, chapter 11, verses one through two. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root or from the stump of Jesse, some translations say. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. You see, did it, Jesus didn't come from a, a branch of a branch of a branch of a branch in, in King David's huge human family tree, like here's Jesse, David's father, and then here's David. Now, here's all these branches springing up all over the place, and, and way over there is Jesus. He's like, you know, third quadrant, you know, 15 branches up, and then branching way up. No, no, no. Jesus is from the stump. He's from the very root of the Davidic line. He's from the root of David, King David's dynasty. Listen how the gospel writer Matthew begins his gospel in the New Testament. Matthew chapter one, verse one, not in your creek though, so you can write that down. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. This was the Jewish writer writing in the New Testament time period and he calls Jesus the son of David. And then if you continue reading Matthew 1, he gives a full lineage of how you can trace Jesus' line, even all the way back to Jesse, David's father, and coming straight through David. Actually, this was a very popular thing to do, calling Jesus the son of David in the New Testament because it was known by all of the Jewish people that the Messiah would come from David's line. When Jesus was walking on the scene on the earth, people would even call out to him, 
Lord, son of David. They would say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. Matthew 15, 22, Mark 10 and 47, just to name a couple. So just as Solomon, David's son, is thought of a man, as a man of peace to build the temple, this son of David, this prince, is going to be the one who will bring final and lasting peace. You see, because I have, when I started preparing for this, I even asked Megan, it's like, what do I, the prophet didn't call him Jesus, the king of peace. He's the king of kings and the lords of lords. Why not the king of peace? Well, we see here this whole aspect of being a prince under David's line, a prince like Solomon, who's a man of peace. Jesus, this prince, was going to bring in a kingdom and government of final and lasting peace. So this title, Prince of Peace, it had to give, when the prophet wrote it and prophesied it, it had to give the Jewish people hope. It had to, to get them and keep them looking toward the future. Here was a prince, quote unquote, of mighty King David who had been promised and prophesied and he's going to bring a government of peace. You see, the messianic era of Jesus Christ, it was and still is an idealization of the period of, of David and Solomon's rule over Israel, and that was a good rule. And Jesus Christ himself will sit on David's throne forever and bring an eternal peace. Guys, Jesus will sit on a literal throne, which he will occupy at his second coming, which is talked about all throughout Scripture as well. Now, this prophecy has seen some fulfillment at Jesus' arrival on earth and as we have lived since his death on the cross and the resurrection, we are living in his peace, amen? But this prophecy will be completely and finally fulfilled during the last days of human history during the millennial reign of Christ. This will be the, full, the, the final and ultimate fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. Revelation 20, verses one through six speaks of this time. And I, I know it's six verses, but I, but I wanted to read it this morning because it's so powerful. John recorded, then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He seized the dragon, that old serpent, who is the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit, which he then shut and locked so Satan couldn't deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. Afterward, he must be released for a little while. Then I saw thrones and the people sitting on them had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshiped the beast or his statue nor accepted his mark on their forehead or their hands. They all came to life again and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. And I could spend like a thousand weeks speaking. Of, well, not a thousand weeks. That would be a long time. That's, that's going to be a pretty amazing time there. We're going to be in heaven. If you know Christ, you're going to be in heaven, okay? Verse 5 says, this is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them, the second death holds no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand 
years, praise the Lord. So during this time, it's called the millennial period, the millennial kingdom, the millennial reign of Christ. There's gonna be a total cessation of war, total cessation of warfare. Tanks, jets, military might, armies, soldiers, weapons of war will be non-existent because Christ will usher in a kingdom of peace. War abounds today, right? And that's why we have our service members and thank you, all of you who serve in our military. Thank you. But on that day, arms will be put down. On that day, peace will reign in the land, amen? And his throne that he's gonna sit on, it's going to be amazing. Check out this picture of a throne I saw the other night at American Bank Center, okay? We went ice skating. How many have been ice skating? It's a good time down there, all right? Um, checked. I, I, the girls wanted a picture with, with old St. Nick there, and I saw that throne. I had to take a picture. I'm like, dude, that's quite the throne, right? Dude, that has noth- that, that's nothing compared to Christ's throne. His throne's going to be glorious. It's going to be amazing. Listen to what Jesus says about himself and his throne in Matthew 25, 31. It's, it's not in the, the slides either. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, now this is Jesus speaking, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Woo! Praise the Lord, man. I am looking forward to that day. Are you? Because when he says when he comes and all the angels with him, guess what that means? That's me. That's going to be you if you believe in Christ. We're going to be coming with Jesus Christ, and it's going to be a beautiful day. You might be thinking right now, great, Greg, love it, look forward to it, (sighs) but it's in the future. How does this help me right now, today, Christmas 2023? I get it, David's line, you know, okay, yeah, woo, David, you know, Prince. How does this help me today? Listen to me. Jesus isn't going to become the Prince of Peace. He is already the P.O.P., all right? He's already the Prince of Peace. And know this, Jesus brings peace. Jesus brings peace. There's three ways in our lives that I wanna highlight this morning really quickly where he's the Prince of Peace in our lives and, and, and where he brings peace to us. The first place I want to highlight is he brings peace to us spiritually. Spiritually. He brings peace to us spiritually. You see, we are reconciled back to God. Yes! Give somebody a high five right now. That's the greatest news that anybody could ever tell you. But you guys don't act like it. Are you asleep? You went out too late shopping last night like me? Met too many Karens. I don't know what the guy version of Karen is. Carrot. Too many carrots. All right. Listen, that's the greatest news that we've been reconciled back to God. Now, I know we have all heard some great news proclaimed to us personally over the years. News like, he said he loves me. You know, that's great news. Or when a guy proposes, he tells all his friends, she said. 
no. I mean, yes. She said yes. Right, I got it mixed up, right? Honey, we are pregnant and we're going to have a baby. I never understood the we there. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I was able to very inadequately assist and help Megan, but she carried the whole burden. You know what I mean? And I was amazed at that, okay? But that's great news. Hey, mom, dad, you know, we're going to have a baby. Let all the family know, all right? Your employer comes to you and says, for your hard, diligent work, you're getting a promotion, okay? You go to the bank and you make that last payment and they say, the car is now yours, free and clear. Hey, great news, right? You, you just found out you've got one of the five golden tickets. Any Wonka fans out there? Anybody? That's opening, I think, today, the new Wonka movie, right? I got a golden ticket. I got a golden twinkle in my eye. Such a great song. That would be great news. Listen, I don't care what the news was or what the news is. You could wake up tomorrow morning finding that on Christmas Day, someone has gifted you $300 million in your Venmo or Cash app. That'd be good news, wouldn't it? Look, my cash, my Venmo is, I've said, greg.isaacs.9, all right? If you're watching online, you just have a million to give, all right? Listen, gang, that would blow your world. But listen, not even that news that you received millions upon millions of dollars, not even that news would be greater than the most important news of all, that we have been reconciled back to God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Because that's eternal. That's eternal hope. Paul writes about this in Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. And through him, Jesus, God, reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth. You hear that? He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Paul also writes in Romans 5.1, therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Here's the truth. You ready for the truth? I don't know if you can handle it. You know? Romans 5.10 shows this is not nice. This is not nice. It's unpleasant to think about. But the Apostle Paul shows that we were enemies of God before Jesus Christ, Romans 5.10. And the New Testament writer, James, chapter four, verse four, says that anyone who is a friend of the world, you're living like the world, you're loving the worldly way, you, you, you love the worldly lifestyles, you are being like the world. You're an enemy of God. An enemy. James is saying, you're making yourself an enemy of God. I mean, that's the truth of the gospel. Well, I don't like that, Greg. I don't care if you like it or not. That's the word of God. When you stand before the Lord one day, you tell him you don't like it because he wrote it. When you live like the world or you live and you love the world and you're friends with the world and you're acting like the world and being like the world, James says you're making yourself an enemy of God. And when we're enemies of God, there's a separation. 
But Jesus came to reconcile us back to God, to make a way back to the Father through him and him only. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's no other path, there's no other way. It's only through Jesus Christ. And it has to be that way. Praise the Lord, it has to be that way. Man wouldn't write, oh, the Bible's just made up of stories for men. Men wouldn't write it like that. We would make it, you know, where, where we have to work, where we have to strive, where we've got to be really, 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 really good all the time, and we've got to work for our own righteousness. No, Jesus is like, it's not about you, it's about me. I am the way, just come to me, the Prince of Peace. Gang, the spiritual peace Jesus provided by his finished work on the cross it's much more than a, a negotiated ceasefire between us and God. No, this is a peace that literally changes us and transforms us from enemies of God into God's own dear children and join heirs with Jesus Christ, Romans eight seventeen. Man, that's such good news, praise the Lord. But here's the truth. If you haven't embraced Christ as your Savior and your Lord and what he's done for you, you yourself are making you an enemy of God, enemy of God, and you need to be reconciled to Him. Because that spiritual war can be over in Jesus Christ. Jesus also brings the second thing: peace between each other. Us as humans living on this world. Once we've turned to Jesus and allowed him to take up the throne in our lives as king of our lives, his peace that he brings and gives us helps us to live with each other and oh that could be so hard right yeah. <laughs> I know yeah it can <laughs> it can be hard living with people but we're actually called to do this Romans chapter 12 verse 17 and 18 the apostle Paul writes repay no one evil for evil but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. He also writes in Romans 14, 19, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual a building. Are you seeking that? As a follower of Christ, as a disciple of Jesus, are you pursuing peace with everyone? I mean, dude, with the Karen I experienced last night, I should have just gave her a thumbs up, be like, God bless you. But that probably would have made her even more mad. And everybody just walked away, right? You know? How about on social media? How are you posting? Is it divisive, argumentative? Are you peaceful? Hashtag convicting, right? Because <laughs> people are watching. How about with your family members? I know families are gathering this holiday season. And not, not every family is peaceful and sings kumbaya together, right? There could be some strife there, but are you pursuing peace? If you're a student, how about with other students? In your life as a follower of Christ, how's the attitude? How's your behavior? Is it peaceful like the Prince of Peace? Are you showing his love? Are you showing his peace? You see, loving others is the way of Christ. 
He said, people will know we're his disciples by the way we love each other and showing Christ's love is the way to peace with others. Greg, we're at war, then show him Christ's peace. Greg, I just, we, it's just, I can't, we're warring and warring. Then listen, be an ambassador of Jesus Christ and be the peaceful one. Be peace. Be peace, be Christ's peace in that situation. Be Christ's peace in that circumstance, in that place, in the home, in the marriage, with your kids. Wherever you go, whatever you, be Christ's peace because his peace helps us live with others. And we can only do it through him with the help of the Holy Spirit, amen? Amen. So Lord, help us. Help us, renew our hearts to show your peace to others. And lastly, Jesus Christ brings peace to ourselves. He brings peace to ourselves. You see, peace here, when you break it down, it means Wholeness, which is quiet and rest. I just, I like saying those words. How about you? you know, just quietness, rest, you know? <laughs> it's nice. I mean, wholeness, complete, full, right? What does this mean, Greg? What, what, what is this? What's the context, the application here? Listen, this means that everything around you can be chaos going berserk, it could be crazy upon crazy upon crazy upon crazy. But you have a peace inside of you, a peace in your heart, a peace in your mind that's just good. You see, without Christ's peace, it's just war. War in your heart, war in your mind. And Jesus came to give us peace and rest. So what is, what is that that I'm talking about? What is this rest and peace that I'm talking about? Look, I'm not talking about some new age mysticism that seemingly, and listen, because it's not real, it's, it's demonic, okay? But it seemingly brings some type of calmness just because you've, you know, emptied your mind. That's nonsense and it's not lasting, What I'm talking about is that when everything is upside down and hectic and even disastrous, you are sure-footed and and, and you are at peace because you know the Prince of Peace. You know you are His. You know you are in His kingdom of peace. You know that He is in control. You know that He's the wonderful counselor, the mighty God. You know He's Emmanuel. God is with you and it's going to be okay. That Jesus has got this. Romans 8, 28. The apostle Paul writes in Philippians chapter four, verse six through seven, one of my all-time favorite verses. He writes, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, my prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which we can't even understand, it surpasses all understanding. It's going to guard your hearts and minds. Who in who? In Christ Jesus, our Prince of Peace. Praise the Lord. Luke 2.14 that Tegan read, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he's well pleased, or he's pleased. Well, Greg, what if God's not pleased with me? What if God is not pleased with me? I got good news for you. 
okay? If Jesus Christ is your Savior and your Lord, if, if you are following Christ, you've called on the name of Jesus, you are his disciple, listen, that means you are God's child. And because of that, he is pleased with you. And you have Christ's peace, amen? amen? You see, it's not about how bad you've been. And it's not about how good you can be. It's all about Christ living in you and through you. You see, a lot of people are like, well, God can't be pleased with me because I'm just a bad guy. I'm a bad girl. I've done too much bad. We all have. The apostle Paul writes about that. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And it's not about how good you can be. Look, I tried to live that life. I tried to be a very good, you know, straight arrow Christian, keeping all the rules and all that kind of stuff. It's very pharisaical of me. I work for my own righteousness. I come to Christ, but I thought, man, just as kind of the, 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 the motto of what it was when I was growing up, it's like, okay, great, you've come to Christ. Now you better work hard and, and so you keep him. You better work hard and be a, a good Christian soldier so you don't lose him. That led me to losing my mind. <laughs> Literally, I'm being serious. But God taught me a great lesson about grace. It's not about how bad we've been or how good we can try to be. It's all about Jesus Christ in us and transforming us to follow him and to live like him, to be like him. Look, God the Father was pleased with his son. He was pleased with Jesus. He said that multiple times in the New Testament. You know, behold my son with whom I am well pleased. And so when you turn to Jesus Christ, and I've mentioned this before, Christ robed you with his righteousness, so now God the Father sees Christ in you and he is pleased, praise the Lord. That's good preaching right there, it is. I mean, it is. Good job, amen, Greg. No, just kidding. He's pleased because of Christ in you. And Luke 2.14 says, that we'll have peace because God's pleased with us because of Christ, the Prince of Peace. You see, we will be in perfect peace, perfect peace. You're not gonna find perfect peace in the world. You're not gonna find perfect peace in somebody else. You won't find perfect peace in a lifestyle that's worldly or a perfect peace in a system we will be in perfect peace when we focus on Jesus and trust in him. Prophet Isaiah writes about this. Jacob, you want to come up, buddy, and your team. This is another one of my all-time favorite verses. I have a lot of all-time favorite verses, but I, I really love this one, really love it. I got it tattooed all over my back. Just kidding. It's all right. Listen to the good news here. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And verse four, the prophet continues, trust in the Lord forever for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Shh. 
I feel the Lord right now, his presence. Thank you, Jesus. You'll keep us in perfect peace when we focus on you and trust in you, Jesus. Because you see, Jesus gives a peace that is different than what the world tries to give. It's different. It's better. Jesus said this in John 14, 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Why? Because we have the peace that Christ gives. And as I mentioned, man, you can try to search for peace in a lot of different things, in a lot of different people, in substances, in world religions. I mean, people go from relationship to relationship just trying to find peace. People go from one bed to another bed just to try to find peace. From one drink to another drink to try to find peace. They'll look at stuff on the internet that they know they shouldn't be looking at to try to find peace. They'll go from one lifestyle to another lifestyle. They'll try to change who they are on the inside and the outside to try to find peace. They'll try this religion out or this philosophy out or this ideology out or they'll follow this influencer or that influencer just to find peace. They'll go one pursuit after another, one job after another. So many different ways they try to find peace. And people will spend their entire lives seeking out peace and wholeness in things other than Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And all that does, gang, it just keeps them searching and searching and searching and searching until one day they're lying in a casket and they haven't even found eternal peace in Jesus Christ. Real, true, lasting peace of the heart and mind and soul and with others and for all eternity can only be found in Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. And when you have Christ's peace, no matter what happens in your life, no matter what comes your way, you can sing the words of the old classic worship song from Don Moen. Peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. So as we begin to close out 2023, we're toward the end of the year and peaking into 2024 as Christmas is going to be over after tomorrow. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Colossians 3.15, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. Look upon Christ, trust Christ, keep focused on Jesus. No matter the, the, the waves around you, no matter the, the winds that are howling, no matter the chaos around you, focus on Christ. And the scripture says he will keep you at peace and let his peace rule your hearts. Not anxiety, not worry, not fear, not anger, not wrath, not bitterness, not hopelessness. None of those kinds of things ruling in your hearts. No, his lasting peace ruling in your hearts.
Because the truth is, if there's still war in here, then you've not let the Prince of Peace come in to rule. Lord, we just come before you right now on this Christmas Eve morning, and I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the peace that you bring, Jesus. Lord, you know every heart that's here this morning. You know every heart that's watching online. I pray that you would do your work, that you would do heart surgery in us. Lord, I know there's some that are here this morning and even watching, as I just said. Dude, there's chaos in the world. There's war going on right now, whether that's with people or a circumstance or a health issue or a situation or a relationship or even mentally and emotionally in their mind. Let them look to you. Let them put their full trust and confidence in you. Let them say without doubt, Lord, I I can't see tomorrow. I don't see the end of this thing. But I'm going to hold on to you, Jesus. I'm going to keep focused on you. I'm not giving up. And Lord, when they make that declaration, let your peace just, just invade them, God. And overwhelm them. God, I've felt that before to where your peace just just overwhelms me. Let that happen in their life this morning. Lord, teach us what it means to have your peace. Comfort us and help us, Jesus. And Lord, keep us looking forward to that day when you come and you'll sit on that throne and you'll usher in your kingdom, a kingdom of peace, and righteousness, and we will worship you forever for what you've done for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let Christ move in your heart right now. Mm. This morning, if you're here and you've never made Christ your Lord and Savior, don't get all tense and worried. I'm not going to pull you up in front of everybody. But Jesus is saying, hey, I'm knocking at your door right now. And I want to come in. And I want to live in you and I want to live through you. And I want you to follow me. And I want you to have eternal life with me. Don't reject him today. Don't, don't leave this place going through the spiritual motions and like, okay, I, I made it through another church service. I'm okay. No, you're not okay. Paul writes, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Call on Jesus John writes that if we confess that we're sinners, he's just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we repent and turn from them, say, Lord, forgive me. I I turn to you right now. You can do it right now, right where you're sitting, right where you're watching online. If you're watching right now, say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I want to live for you. I'm, I'm tired of the war in my life. I need your peace. Forgive me. I want to live for you. I want to follow you. From this day on, I want to be 
the rest of my life to be following you, Jesus, and to live in your peace and your joy and your strength and hope. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't turn him away. On this Christmas Eve morning, don't turn Jesus away. Make him your personal Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. If you need prayer for anything, as we sing this last song, I'm gonna be over there and I invite anybody who wants to, to intercede and pray with, with, with our church family. You can join me over there to pray with people. If you wanna, if you wanna talk about making Christ your, or you prayed that prayer, it's important that you tell somebody, that you testify. If you made Christ your savior today or you came back to him, it's important that, that vocally you tell somebody. I would love it if you tell me, huh? and I'll pray with you. I'd love that. Welcome you to the family. But if you need prayer, we're willing to pray with you. Guys, let's go in the peace of Christ and let his peace reign and rule in our lives. Amen? Merry Christmas. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given.